0: Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because...
1: clear alcohols are for
0: rich women on diets. Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host who
1: is... Bombed out of his gorge. All right, you paid for it, people. You donated. So you get it. Drunk History. And this is on my bucket list for, for saying Drunk History. I have a bucket list of the people that I want for Drunk History. I want Bobby bear is number one. And <laughs> Buddy D coming back from the dead is number two. But I think this guy might be number three. Uh, he's Jeff. You know him as Scooks on the internet. I talked to him. I said, "Scooks, you want to do ninety-one, ninety-two Saints history?" And he's like, "Sure." So we're doing it tonight. So uh, Jeff, how are you doing tonight?
0: Hey, Ralph. I'm, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know how happy I am to do this. Like this is first. This is this is my favorite show in New Orleans. This I is my was, favorite show on the internet. You guys. Uh, you know the one you. with the guy that smells like nougat at the beginning and now. That's <laughs> it's, it's great.
1: I uh, oh, saying, but look!
0: What don't change? Don't change the open no, Ralph Never. I'm too
1: lazy. I'm too lazy. It's never happening. It's never happening.
0: Yeah. And but his, hey, I'm I'm excited.
1: I'm excited. All right. So I told Jeff. You know, we people that know we well, they listened to this in in probably July or so. But we had technical issues in the the podcast, the weekly one before. So I had to get ready. So I didn't drink a lot while I was making sure the technical stuff. But I. Pounded like five shots and did two beers, so I'm I'm good and drunk because I don't cheat the I don't cheat the people. They paid good money for this, so I don't cheat them. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. I'm on my second strawberry abita, and I did about five shots. Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? Uh,
0: well, I started off with uh, a couple, like half a bottle of wine with dinner, and there. then I jumped to these nasty ass abita uh, blueberries. Oh my
1: god, you're 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 a glutton for punishment. So, um, Jeff, but I but now.
0: On the- I'm on the Miller lights now. I've graduated.
1: You did so. one of you did one of the great things that I admire completely. Uh you became internet famous and the advocate tried to do a piece on you and you were like go pound oh, sand. God. You were like go pound sand. Me, I did an interview today with a guy Bucky's Bucky's, who recognized the podcast, I talked to him for thirty minutes. Like I would do an interview with a high school paper. So I admire you that you're like, no, I'm gonna you you go play on sound. I'm just gonna do my own thing. I, I I'm I'm a fame whore. I, I'll do an interview with anybody. But tonight's 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 topic is we're kind of merging them together. We're doing the '91 '92 Saints and Scooty Jeff. He was he's excited. He's like. I got all the papers from 1991, like, all the sports pages from the day after the Saints game. And people who are young, Jeff, they don't realize that, like, in 1991, like, you didn't have Twitter or the Internet. Like, the way that you thought about the Saints was you watched the game, you read the paper, you read Peter Finney, you listened to Jim Henderson's commentary, and you listened to Buddy D. And that was it. That was it. that it. it. That was how the Saints were shaped. Like, you didn't have, like, stats and this. Like, it was crazy time. So, I mean, no. No, you had
0: to you had to you had to uh, take out your frustrations on the wall of your bedroom. <laughs> and then if if you wanted to curse somebody out, you call Buddy D and then they hit you with the 7 second delay and then I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. And Buddy D, uh,
1: one of the things that at the time I thought it was funny cuz I was a teenager, but it's really it was it really wasn't funny when I started work for him cuz he was dead serious about it. But he did this thing. When the Saints would have a crushing loss, he would say he would be like, "Guys, Calm down. Domestic violence goes up when the Saints (laughs) lose. And so you need to calm down, punch a wall, do what you gotta do, but don't do anything dumb. And I always thought that was hysterical when I was a teenager, but then as I got older, I was like, God damn, he's probably right. Um, But it was like, you know, Buddy D was like the voice. So, 91, let's get into it. Like, the Saints were kind of in decline. Like, they they won in 87, they won 12 games, and then they won 10, and then they won 9, and then they won 8. So, even though it was like the best the Saints had ever been by miles, like they were in this weird sort of decline phase. Kind of. You know,
0: the thing about it is that they had this was they had put together this team that like you and I, we're, we're about you're a little bit younger than I am, but this was the first team that like you had hopes for. Yeah. You know, like it, if this was like uh, this nucleus of this team, like after Bum and with the first more years. Uh, this was like you were hoping to see this these guys like learn to do it and graduate into being uh, a super Bowl contender and they 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 made everybody excited at first like eighty seven and then they started to like level off, but this was their peak like this was these these years here were hitting here these ninety one ninety two were their peak and so like yeah, they were in decline, but you knew that they still had like potential in that yeah, window well, was still there.
1: it wasn't like it was like. It wasn't necessarily like they were old, but like people were like, you know, when you're a coach and you go four straight years where you the win total goes down, people are getting antsy and my mom screenshotted me a, a buddy decon from the Clarion Ledger where he's like, ninety one, the pressure's on Mora. Um, but this is a sidetrack that I was thinking today, Jeff. Uh I know okay. the 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 tearing down of the statues was a big summer thing in New Orleans. And, and I have another thing that I believe needs to come down. Jim Finks's. Uh, plate oh. in, the, in the dome needs to come down because trading for Steve Walsh, while it isn't on par with Civil War generals and their atrocities against America, trading a one and a two and a three for a, another mediocre quarterback when you had one that you just could have signed really sort of almost destroyed yeah. the Saints any chance I, they had of winning.
0: Absolutely. This is just the most overrated person in the whole city of New Orleans at that time is Finks. And I mean, maybe more or two, but like, thanks at the time, this was all his doing this, this team, that, that 90 team, like, think about this, that 1990 season you remember the New York giants won the Super Bowl that year. And that giants team was built a lot like these saints teams were right. Defensive teams running the ball. Uh, and it was everything that you kind of like thought we did really well and made us a great team. And uh, we played that 90 season without a quarterback because of Jim Fink's his fucking ego. And. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: I I and, can't. Go ahead. I can't, yeah. imma- I can't, ima- I can't imagine today, like what Twitter would, it, it would have been just a circus. Like I can't even, oh. I can't, it was a circus then, but my God, it was, I mean, today it would just, we'd, would kill him. It, we'd, we'd, it we'd would have been, not- we'd occupy the well, I will tell you what, you know, I,
0: I told you I had all these newspapers. I also have uh, Sports Illustrated from uh, October 1991, and that's got uh, Bobby on the cover. And they go into this in this article. They go into all the whole background of the holdout and you know how it played on Bobby and his family. And not a lot of people know this, but Auer had like a lot of personal tragedy that year that he yes. that he held out. And uh, while that was going on, like, a lot of the fans didn't know about this because, again, like you said, there's not, like, a whole lot of media exposure that you know every detail of everybody's life. But what what did happen was people, like, were writing hate mail to him. And, like, you you think about this, like, it's so easy for, like, you know, me or you to get drunk and, and, like, tweet it. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Uh, Sean Payton, when we're pissed off, but like at the time, you had to actually yeah, think.
1: Yeah, you had to think like, it through. You had to like <laughs> sit down and like get an address and write a letter, you know? Mm hmm. And uh,
0: Just, I yeah. mean,
1: the thing was, people though, they his agent, Greg Campbell, people hated that guy. Like they, like all the rage was pointed at him. So, so Bobby comes back in 91 he signs a two-year deal for i think like six million at the time and he's back
0: in like less than what he wanted he wanted two million a year and he didn't even get that
1: yeah so like uh the funny thing was i i got i had an oral history of bobby hebert's holdout and i had everybody compete everybody participated bobby hebert and detillier and i i sent him written questions and they answered them and i went back and forth with Mike to you, I went back and forth with Bobby. I have all this great stuff from that, but I needed Jim Mora to, to, to <laughs> give it to me. And he, I asked him these, these questions and he's like, those are great questions, but I'm not going to answer them. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I had this like great, it would have been my, it would have been my like great, Best column ever I would have done for Channel 4. And, he, and Jim, I was like, come on. I'm like, come on, Jim. And he wouldn't do it. So anyway, I'm, and I am I am bitter and I'm drunk now, I will admit. So 91, <laughs> the Saints, the Saints they go into the year and it's like, are they going to do well? Are they going to do this? But the thing was, like, that defense was just, re- like, we didn't realize it at the time, but, like, they had drafted Wayne Martin and he was about to be awesome. Pat Swilling was just hitting his stride. Ricky Jackson was still awesome. The, the linebackers in the front center, Jim Wilkes. It was all like Warren. It was all like loaded and ready to go.
0: Um, oh, you know the thing about Frank. Frank Warren came back this year too. This was his first year back from being suspended.
1: Yeah. And they so, were, yeah. So they were loaded. And the thing is, um, is the more I think about it, '91 was the year. For them to do it, because the NFC that year, Washington, the '91 Washington team, they were fucking awesome, and I think the NFL Network just rated them like the best team in the last like 30 years. That that team was oh. un that team was unbelievable. But the rest of the NFC was kind of trash because San Francisco didn't make the playoffs. Dallas wasn't good yet with Emmitt Smith and like they they made the playoffs, but they weren't good yet. And Atlanta and the Saint like there was like. 91 was the year for the Saints. I don't think they would have made the Super Bowl, but they could have gone deeper into the playoffs, right?
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That, I mean, that, first of all, the, that defense was phenomenal in ways that, like, people don't even appreciate today.
1: They, uh, they, they, the, the, the 91 defense was so good. When I was doing my, 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 third, my, uh, my 17 things for, uh, for, the, for, the, um, for the Saints' 50th anniversary, um, The 91 team, uh, they went a month where they didn't allow a fucking touchdown, that defense. Right.
0: It was four is, consecutive games.
1: Yeah. And, like, we celebrate now. We're like, the Saints did not give up a touchdown in the first half. Let's throw a parade. You know? I mean. Right. Um, it, and, and if you clean the bye week, it was, like, I mean, s- the- six weeks without a touchdown because they did it around a bye, which is unbelievable.
0: Right, right. That and like, I mean, the game is different today and all, so it's kind of hard to like say that you could even have that kind of, like that kind of that kind of statistical thing. But it was still dominant. It was just amazingly yeah, it was, dominant.
1: Their secondary was their secondary was terrible, and they still crushed teams. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to. I want to. We'll get into a little bit later. But I. I, yeah. I think their window shut on them, and we as fans didn't realize it, and they kind of realized it because they had drafted Craig Hayward and they would draft Von Dunbar in 92. I think looking back at it, the Saints' window to win closed when Dalton Hilliard hurt his knee in 1990. Because Jim Mora all the guy wanted to do was let his awesome defense be awesome, run the ball and kick field goals and win games. And he never had a good running back when the Saints hit their peak. You know? Um because Dalton Hilliard was phenomenal in 89 where he had like almost 2,000 yards of uh, of rushing. Let me – Jeff, who do you think led the Saints in rushing in 1991? Uh, was it Gil Fenerty or was it uh, Fred McAfee? It was Fred McAfee, but Gil Fenerty was second. Fred McAfee led the Saints with 494 yards rushing on a <laughs> team that was dying to run the ball and play defense – their leading rusher <laughs> couldn't even crack 500 yards. Yeah,
0: but they also they couldn't they couldn't keep a running back healthy that year either. That's no. how that, that that's how that happened. Yeah. Like Hilliard yeah. got hurt and was wasn't really. He was never his like you said. He was never his himself again after '89, yeah. eight, yeah. and he was in and out. And then Hayward, Hayward was, was in, in and, and out. And uh, they they had to call Buford Jordan oh, back yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, they did. And uh, and then. Um, yeah, so then they found Fred McAfee because this was his rookie year, um, like midway through the season. But yeah, they didn't. More wanted to grind the clock out on everybody, and you can't do that if you if you don't have a hammer, right? Yeah. And and that's what their problem was the, those couple of years. If they'd had they if they had uh, Emmett Smith on those teams or somebody you know with durability uh, who could just play who, who was a who was a great running back you could trust. Uh, that you know maybe we'd be looking at a title there yeah
1: so let's get into the game so they start the year and this is back when I had, All right. I was going to every game so they start the year against Seattle and um, yes and looking at the box score I can I I remember I I did remember this game um that Gil Fennerty had a 50-yard pass from Aber but the the play that I really remember was <laughs> was Pat Swilling doing an interception the Saints led the Saints led 17 to nothing but yep. If you're my age and Jeff Aids' age, you know that like back then, like no lead was safe with the Saints, man. You had you had scars. You were like seventeen to nothing. Please, this is not like you were in. You were constantly in a state of panic. And actually, the bigger the lead got, the more you panicked.
0: There's plenty of time left, bro. There's always yeah, plenty of time. Left.
1: Plenty of time. So the Saints are up twenty to seven, and then Craig hits. Uh, Blades, and John Casey <laughs> for the Seahawks kicks a field goal. Mm-hmm. The same John Casey that would – is that right? The same John Casey that yep. would kick for the it's, Saints later, you know? Yep. And uh, what was that? He kicked for the Saints in 2011, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and I think John Carney shows up in this season too, Ralph. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> there's all these people.
1: we They're old. We're old. So then the Saints go ahead <laughs> – the Saints go ahead – the Saints go behind 24 to 20 on – a Bobby A-Bear interception. And let me tell you, we'll get into this later. Bobby a was not a good quarterback, and I will go to my grave saying that. Although Bobby, if you're listening, I'll come on the podcast, come on the drunk podcast, I'll be really nice to you. I'll, but but you're not that good of <laughs> a quarterback. So, so they're so like this is like the this is like a classic Saints fold rama right? Right Jeff, it's like fuck. Yes. Yeah. But A-Bear leads them down and they score with like 10 seconds left. He hits Floyd Turner and i like i i've been dying to write this in my column for like 2 years but the saints can't win the goddamn opener like there is there is there is no better feeling i think in your football season than when you start with the home opener and you win because you walk out of the stadium and the possibilities are endless like Anything is possible because you're one and oh, you're like fucking A. You know, and it just feels great. People are excited walking out of the the walkway. It's just like it's the best feeling. And and that I can remember that game even though I was like fifteen. It was like the it's like the best feeling, Jeff.
0: So do you remember this part about this game? So uh after after A hits Floyd Turner and everybody's excited Craig is out of the game with a broken thumb. He goes out uh, of the. I forgot the, about.
1: I forgot so, about that.
0: So Craig breaks his thumb midway through the fourth quarter, and the Seahawks have another chance to get into field goal range, and they're there, and there's this disputed play, and Craig, with his broken thumb, runs out on the field to yell at the referee, <laughs> and incurs an unsportsmanlike penalty that I pushes forgot him back about out. That. And that's how they lost the game to that, was it, was that day. Was Jeff
1: Kemp? Was that Jack Kemp's kid? Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh Jeff Oh my god, Kemp. Jack Kemp, the former former congressman and vice presidential
0: candidate. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh
1: my god. So the Saints win, and you know they're like, you know, they maybe they deserved to win, maybe not. But but uh, then they they were like the next game, they were like beat up too. Like I, I want to say like Eric Martin and Sam Mills, they were missing like a bunch of dudes, and um and it but i remember listening to the pregame show uh with like i would listen to the pregame show even though they were on the road in the, the radio and my you know my mom to like bond with her her son she she started going to the games and she became a big Saints fan and i remember listening to the game and they're like if you start 2 and 0 you have like a 65% chance of making the playoffs or something and uh my mom was like that's not true whatever if they lose it's not that big a deal and then uh so they go to the Kansas City and Kansas City had a good defense, too. A great defense, too. And that game in Arrowhead, in they had the old astro That game was just like a fucking war. I watched it. I, f- I found it today, and I was watching the second half of it at work. And, uh... <laughs> That game was just like the Saints were just. That defense was just. They started rolling. They got up seventeen to nothing again. Bobby Abe was actually really good in the game. He's nineteen of twenty seven for two set two eleven and two touchdowns. Uh, Eric Martin. They they hit Eric Martin on a touchdown. They hit Quinn er, Quinn Early, who was they had gotten from like like people that don't know this. They, they, the NFL to try to stave off not having free agency. They came up with, like, plan B, where, like, you could protect certain people on your roster, and the rest were, like, free agents that other teams could sign. So the Saints got Quinn early from plan B, and he was, like, really good. Uh, so they went up 17. What did, what did you remember? I remember, like, a 100-year-old Steve DeBerg playing in that game. I forgot I forgot how old and decrepit he was watching it today.
0: Yeah, what I remember about this game is that uh, you know, first of all, like the Saints had never been two and oh before, yes. And the lead up to the game was everybody talking about how important it was to be two and oh. And you're right, it was a, a, a brutal game. And a lot for me, going back through this stuff is remembering just how brutal football was. Oh my god, huh? oh and my- people don't like we, we talk about like concussions and player safety now, and it's, it's only because like people are more cognizant of it. And it is that uh, was such a different game back Dude, then.
1: I remember when I was a kid when Saints players would get concussions, I'd be like, Cool, that's a concussion and not a knee or whatever, they won't be out right. that long. Like that's what you thought. Like that's how you thought. You're like, Ah, it's a concussion. He could play next week. Now you're like right. now there, you're like there's, oh, a
0: okay. there's a there's a game during this season. Where in the uh, I think it was the Eagles game, but after the game, oh, bear was concussed during the game, slurred his words a bit during the after post the game press <laughs> conference. Like, like it was no big deal, you
1: know? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, he'll play next week, he's fine. So then right. they um they play the Rams, and the Rams had always like the Saints would go to L.A. and look good, but at home they would always lose. Their, and they just fucking throttled the Rams, like beat their ass. And that's when I was like, oh. This team, this is this is something different here, and it was it was a Sunday night game. And if you're of a certain age, you remember in 1989, that's when it all fell apart for Bobby Abner. The Saints, Flipper Anderson had like 400 yards receiving, and the Saints totally collapsed. And they end up going uh, nine and seven. If they win that game against the Rams, they would have made the playoffs. Everything would have been different. So yeah. the Rams, the Rams at home was like a bugaboo, and the Saints just. Basically, the Saints were like a bow constrictor. They would just grab you and choke you to death. Slowly.
0: If you want to hear some numbers from this, uh, they they sacked Jim Everett five times. Uh, Everett was 6 out of 17 for 71 yards a whole game. Uh, And he didn't complete any passes to a wide receiver until the last three minutes of a game.
1: Their only score was a 59-yard interception from Jerry Gray, who at that time was like 40 (laughs) years old. Um, Craig Hayward had two touchdowns, though. So that was fun. Um, they had st- the Rams had six first downs in the game, like the Saints <laughs> just. But and then the next game was the game where you knew it. After this game, you knew it was on. You knew this. You were like, this is the, this is the year, baby. Because Minnesota they owned the Saints, like they crushed them in that playoff game, and they would crush them in other games. Like this, the, Minnesota owned the Saints, and the Saints beat them fucking down Jeff I remember like that I was my mom was like you need to calm down I was so excited during that game like yeah you know uh, the I don't know if people
0: realize the significance of beating Minnesota in the NFC championship
1: it was all
0: because of this entire history that they had with the Saints like first of all they beat us in our first ever playoff game they beat the shit out of us and then they continued to beat the shit out of us for like four like consecutive games. There was like a, a 44 to 10, 45 to 3, 32 to 3. And then uh, and then this game where like you you're ready to get the monkey off your back. And and yeah, you go ahead and talk about this cuz it was it, it felt really good.
1: Fun 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 facts from this game. Minnesota 151 total yards. Wade Wilson former Saints quarterback <laughs> 11 of 22 but this I didn't know until just now and I clicked on it Rich Gannon one of 3 <laughs> Did you know I didn't even realize Rich Gannon played for the fucking Vikings yeah he came in and got a beating too so the Saints are 4 and 0 oh, wait and wait look,
0: before you go on look this was a 26 to nothing shutout the Vikings did not cross the 50 mid- yard line
1: it's great it's great like that de- that defense like Rooting for defense is different. Like I'm not gonna say the '91 teams were they weren't they weren't even in the the same league as the Drew Brees Saints because the Drew Brees Saints they won a Super Bowl in playoffs. But rooting for defense is different, and it's almost like like being a fan of like an indie rock band or being a fan of jazz. Like <laughs> you only appreciate it because it's like it's just so different, and you're like you you just appreciate. Different things, but I'm so glad that I got to see that because it made me understand defense and like as a little nerdy kid, like, dive into it and understand the 3-4 and the 4-3 and blitzing here and blitzing there, because that's what the Saints did, and that's what the Saints were awesome at. You didn't give a shit about offense. You're just like, just score 17 points and be done with it. You wanted to watch the defense. I remember as a kid, like, being locked on Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson, like, just seeing them explode and be like, yes, they're destroying teams. Like, it's just it's just a different thing, Jeff.
0: And, and it, you know, what else it did, I think it conditioned people, like, of our age to, like, understand football as just this like several hours of stress. You know, yes. and it's like like it's it's not this isn't I mean, we have fun watching the games, don't get me wrong. But like the the way to really experience it is just to know that there's just this is a war and you're feeling terrible and the yeah. worst thing could happen at any time and thank God it's over. And this, yeah. it's like this hour like an afternoon of catharsis. Yeah. That's been... what that's what football is supposed so, to feel like so
1: get out the week five Headline for the paper for Atlanta because the Atlanta okay. game. I don't know if it's the highlight of that year, but it very well might be. Like they, it, it, they wrecked Atlanta. Doesn't it have yeah, like? But, doesn't it have like perfect September or something on the? It's the- a,
0: it actually says a super September oh, because yeah. they're going to ahead of themselves, obviously. Um, but yeah, they yeah, every everything was looking good, and 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 they were really excited. I think they they first of all the Falcons figure into the season. Hugely, which is another yeah. big theme oh, here. But, but anyway, they uh, you know they beat the crap out of him. They sacked Chris Miller five times. Uh, uh, Ricky Jackson had some fun quotes in this paper. Uh, he's like, uh, he was up against Chris Hinton, um, <laughs> and after the game. And here's another thing: you were talking about Plan B free agency, and we were t- started this talking about Abra's contract. There's a lot of subtext in this season about uh you know the players feeling like they're not treated well by management and there's like a lot of people complaining about contracts and shit and jackson uh, ricky jackson after this game says you know about chris hinton you know for all the money that guy makes he <laughs> ought to be a to block me <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah like people don't remember like players there was no free agent so players would hold out and like not yeah. have a contract so like and i remember like this like the, the contract was like, oh, my God, they signed Vaughn Johnson for four years, $4.4 4 million. I know it's like 25 years ago or whatever, but, like, the the teams just had to be – I mean, I know they print money now, but they must have, like, printed money and just burned it for fun. They made so much money. I mean mm-hmm. – and, and, and I've become – as I've become older, Jeff – I am, my attitude with football players is get whatever the fuck you can. Cause you are sacrificing your body for my Sunday entertainment. Like, I don't begrudge players for anything. I right don't. And I'm like, right like, like, like when the Saints were going after Malcolm Butler, I was like, Malcolm, you get $60 million out of Loomis. You go. And that's how I am. <laughs> P- and like, I just, that's the way I feel about football. Other sports, not so much. But this game, the one thing I remember about this game is Floyd Turner dragging Dion into the end zone.
0: <laughs> yeah, Floyd Turner was was a hell of a football player for a couple of years, man. What uh, did he, uh, he? I think he like broke a leg or something. Yeah. Eventually, but he was a uh, an undrafted free agent, I think. And he did,
1: and he, had, him, he was, and he
0: was like a couple of years. He was just amazing.
1: He was kind of like a he was kind of like Devry Henderson, a little bit better. He was the deep guy. Um, Dalton Hilliard had a sixty five yard run, but this was back when. I mean, the Saints-Atlanta rivalry, the Super Bowl has brought it, I think, back to the 1990 level of hatred. But this, yeah. was, this was back when Atlanta was trash, and the Saints didn't have the, the stadium sold out with season tickets. So that game had like 40,000 Saints fans in the stadium. So like by, by the third quarter, like it was all Saints fans. You know?
0: Yeah, and people people still talk about this, but like this was the heyday of Saints and Falcons fans like getting on the bus
1: oh, and yeah. going
0: and mass to each other's stadiums.
1: Yeah, did you just um, break a glass? Yep, I sure did <laughs> no, drop the I, I what the hell that is. I just did another shot. Uh things are starting to slur if- I think probably the rest of this podcast, Jeff. If I call you Skooks, just go with it. It's just gonna happen. So the <laughs> Saints are five and zero. Oh. The Saints were actually a two and a half point favorite for you gambling degenerates out there. Um, and like they're a bye week, and the Saints had gone like they're five and zero, oh, and and you're looking around, and the Washington was still really good then, but you were like the Saints are fucking rolling. So they come off the bye, and th- then they played. Uh, Philadelphia and Philadelphia that year, Randall Cunningham had gotten hurt, but they still, but they still had their kick-ass defense, but they had no quarterback, like none at all.
0: Right. You know, um, this funny thing is that Randall Cunningham got hurt and Joe Montana was out this year, which is like a whole nother thing. That's why we're like. That's why the Saints like feel like they're in contention all year because Montana's yeah. out and the 49ers are dealing with that. But then Cunningham had blown up his knee, and they're playing against, uh, I think, fucking Brad Gable was the starting quarterback. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they played like Brad Gable. They had McMahon. They had Pat Ryan. But this is fucking amazing. The Saints what? had 98 yards passing in this game, and they won it. <laughs> and then, Philadelphia had six turnovers. That helps. Um. Well, that's these are the, the those
0: talk about brutal. Like these are the two defenses that would beat everybody up. They would like, they, those defenses were the same as the Saints' defenses. They nobody wanted to play either. Bobby Aber. Bobby Aber
1: actually got hurt, and this was where his shoulder started to go. Like because yep. Steve Steve Walsh, Steve Walsh came in and was just eight of seventeen and was just atrocious. Steve Walsh was always atro- like like if if you if you if you, if you like reading sports books read uh the boys will be boys by jeff uh, i think it's jeff pearson it's a or it's a history of the dallas cowboys jimmy johnson he drafted steve walsh because he wasn't sure if aikman was good and after two practices he brought in his coaches and was like listen to me steve walsh is not a good enough nfl quarterback his arm sucks from now on (laughs) when you talk to the press you are going to say how awesome walsh looks in practice how he's he looks better than Aikman, and he might be the starting quarterback. And we're gonna trade his ass to some stupid team. And he brought in Aikman and was like, "Look, Troy, you're my guy. I understand it. You're my guy now. But but you're gonna read all this stuff in the press about how Walsh looks awesome. Don't believe it. It's all bullshit. We're gonna trade him off and get picks. And along came the Saints later, uh, and fucking they, Jim Finks. Jim Finks, and they got him. So so this, but the Saints they won, man. I mean, those that, that game, and the and the vet was like this awful stadium with, like, this awful asterisk that would, like, end players' careers like Wendell Davis for LSU. Like, the vet was just fucking terrible. Like, it was a great... It was kind of fun for the fans because they were mean and yell, but for, like, the the players, like, the union should have, like, said to the NFL, like, you can't make us play at the vet. Like, that's how awful it was.
0: Yeah, it was garbage.
1: Um, so, uh, the Saints, they win there, and, uh, their, uh, they're six they're and0 then they play Tampa and it's just weird it's just weird like li- looking at all these teams with these uh these quarterbacks and you're like oh my god I I, I, uh, I forgot that he played like Chris Chandler played for Tampa you know yeah and uh Tampa back then Tampa was bad but the cream uniforms are magnificent I don't care what Let- it, I don't care what anybody says
0: I love them I, uh this is here's two things about these these two two weeks right uh First of all, the, the Tampa game. The funny thing about the paper that week is, all of the Saints, all of Tampa players are saying about uh, how um, how how many compliments they got from the Saints about <laughs> how they, y'all are a really good one in six team is what they kept telling them. Yeah. And they were, it was almost like they were really like, proud of that. Like, yeah, we're not bad. We're a good one in six team. Uh, but the Saints just brutalized them. They brutalized them.
1: Um, Look at the over under so- that game was thirty two. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And the Saints were a 13 point favorite. And the over under was 32. And the thing was, like, if you bet the under, you won. Like, it was 23 to 7. Like, man, Vegas, they're smart. But anyway.
0: And look, also, this is a big turning point in the season. You mentioned that a bear's shoulder was going out. Uh, another couple things started to happen. And before the Eagles game started, like a couple minutes before the game started, they announced that uh, Ironhead Hayward had been sent back to New Orleans. Oh,
1: I forgot about that.
0: Because he was involved in some kind of thing, like where the, these women were accusing him of an assault, and I don't even know how that like worked out because he came back. So I don't know. Um, yeah. But but that happened, and then uh, uh, Bobby Aber also got concussed in the game, and then after the game, Andre Waters and Eric Martin get into a fight.
1: Is that Philadelphia? That's Philadelphia. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Waters was one of the dirtiest motherfuckers yeah. ever to play in the NFL. Uh, after the game, after the final gun, comes up behind Eric Martin and, like, bonks him in the head, and then they go at it for, like, another five minutes.
1: Here, and here's the thing with Eric Martin. Like, Eric Martin, his whole thing, because back in the 90s, man, like, nowadays, receivers can go over the middle and you can't hit them, and, and it's probably, it's for the best. Like, you can't have concussion. In the 90s, man, teams would decapitate people. I remember the Saints were, like, Jerry Rice would go over the middle and be like they're going to get a penalty cuz they're going to decapitate Jerry Rice to like send a message to not come over the middle. And Eric Martin's whole thing was like he goes over the middle. And he just did it and and he I remember that like I if that happened today man, Twitter would just exp- I think Roger Goodell would have suspended the same like it would have been cr- like first like ESPN would have done a special first take episode on the Andre Waters <laughs> Eric Martin fight. I I miss yep. the 90s Jeff. I miss it. It was it was French. It was, brutal this was fun. Is some
0: it, it's really eye-opening and I know you've been watching uh, some of these uh, games on YouTube I guess but like I mean just the hits on the quarterbacks like oh my everything oh, that's a penalty that's a penalty. No, oh, it was just, he got his bell rung. All right, fine. Get up and do the next play. I don't know what we were thinking back then like uh, but that, anyway.
1: Yeah. Um then they yeah. played Chicago. They're 7 and 0. And that they lost this game, man. It was a fucking. They 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 needed like they they had like they were winning the whole way, and they needed a yard at the end, and they couldn't get it. And fucking Jim Harbaugh was five of twenty two in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and the Saints couldn't run the ball for shit, so A Bear's thrown the ball over the place. He threw thirty like he's twenty seven of thirty-nine, which for Drew Brees is fine, but for Bear, that's bad. But he was actually pretty good, but he got sacked three times and the Saints just they lose they lose like on a fucking heartbreaker. Like they hit Tom Waddle, uh, with like I wanna say like eight seconds left. Brad Muster yes! Brad Muster scored a touchdown, which he, he the Saints gave him a huge contract later and he, I don't think he ever played a fucking down for the Saints. Um, you know, no, he spent the
0: whole fucking time on the bicycle. The bike, yeah. Was- Buddy D would be Brad- like
1: Brad Mustard and Tootie Robbins are on the bicycle. It's the tour. <laughs> it's the tour de lacrosse, Jeff. The tour de lacrosse. <laughs> here's how. Here's how much of a nerd I was, and I would tape Buddy D and listen to it after again because I loved it so much. Like <laughs> like I told Buddy D when I was his producer, I was like, if you would have told fifteen year old me that I got to produce Buddy D's show, I'd be like, I've made it. I like I have I have I have accomplished my life's goal. You know? So like 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 I didn't make any money. I was making like seven dollars an hour like producing buddy's show. Like people think radio people make money. They don't like none of the off air people do. But it was Awesome to sit and listen to Buddy D, but I just remember like Buddy D, like the tour to the, the tour de lacrosse because that Saints would go to lacrosse Crosse, Wisconsin <laughs> to train. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, so they lose and they're seven and one. And, um, oh you know, shit,
0: also Ditka after this game was so uh, fucking fired
1: up. Oh, yeah, yeah, he like, was like, "That's a great game. They're hitting it, and they're a good team, and we're a good team. I love this game." Like, but it was true. Like, it was a it was a made to order. Like, Dick a special, you know? Like, it was the
0: best game he ever saw in his life, or some shit. Yeah, it was. A, it was uh,
1: because the Bears were six and one, and the Saints were seven and zero, and that was and that was back when, like, when John Madden and Pat Summerall did your game. It was like, oh boy, that's it's it was the equivalent of like being on Monday Night. Mm-hmm. You know. So then they go. Uh, out to LA and they win and they, they win uh twenty four to seventeen and you're like uh everything is fine I think but it, it is
0: but, but yeah this is where like the injuries start to yeah. really get him, right? Yeah. So they they start Steve Walsh at the last minute, like he yeah. was a game day decision. Um they're out of running backs entirely. Like the, the running backs were Buford Jordan and Craig Hayward the whole game. Yeah. And uh, and then Dalton Hilliard was on injured reserve, which didn't put him out for the year at the time. You could bring but, him back, yeah. Like you know, like this is this is how brutal it, it yeah. was. Like the Saints, Buford this, this had, team, this Buford,
1: the story. Buford Buford Jordan had 14 carries. He was the lead one. He was he got the most carries in the game. Him him and Craig Hayward had 14 carries each. I mean, when you're when when Buford Jordan is your featured back, I mean that's. That's the equivalent of, like, 2010 Julius Jones getting carries in the playoff <laughs> game, you know? The dude who smoked cigarettes before the right. game is, is getting carries and scoring a touchdown. Um, so don't get me wrong, though. We loved you for Jordan. We loved him. It's, but you just don't – you want You don't want him being your feature <laughs> back, you know? Right. I mean, hey. it's, a, it's a bad scene. So, the Saints, they win. But then it's – then the Saints were like, look, we are uh, – we're 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 eight and one. Uh we're shutting down Bobby here And they go into next week and, and San Francisco, they've lost Joe Montana and they're starting uh Steve Bono. Um, <laughs> but and they're like four and six, so they're like a mess. Um, you know? Um so you're like but that game that game the the the, the thing that people the, the dome caught fire that was the game the dome caught fire.
0: Yeah, that's the game where they had the fireworks and then, uh, like the second, there's a halftime fireworks show.
1: Yep. And
0: in the second half, like the the whole the CBS cameras are all on this this dude
1: trying to put out the, the fire. fire out. YouTube, it's <laughs> on YouTube. You can find it. <laughs>
0: now, now I'm drunk, Ralph. Yeah. But yeah, that, really that,
1: that, so, that that
0: was amazing.
1: So, so, so go to YouTube. It's, it's awesome. I. I if if I wasn't lazy, I'd probably plug in the audio and let us – like, John Madden was so excited because the dude came out and, like, dumped the Gatorade on and he's using the Telestrator. But, like <laughs> – like, and it was, like, the lead. And that was back with, like, ESPN. Like, they had, like – like, watching their primetime show with Chris Berman was, like – the and you're, like, oh, man, the Saints won, so you're happy. And you're, like, are we going to be the first thing? And this, I think the Saints were, like, the first thing on that. And it was, like, the thing caught fire. But it, another thing – it was 10 to 3, dude. It was, like, a brutal – Fucking, that was the final score. Yeah, like it was a like <laughs> like like um, you know the Saints, the San Francisco had three turnovers. San Francisco had two hundred fifteen yards offense. The Saints had one hundred ninety. The Saints ran thirty two times for eighty yards. Walsh was ten of twenty five. Like it was just, it was just like a like a like a like you you watched it and you said it was enjoyable because you liked watching defense, but it's like watching a bow constrictor strangle a goat to death. You know, it is
0: um, Matt Taibbi has this great line about like what he thinks that football should be about. It's like <laughs> it's about um, it's just about a long, slow death. It is like that's that's a football game.
1: It's like George Carlin used to say, fo- you know, baseball is like you want to go home. We're going to sk- runs. It's going to be fun. Football is about yards and bombs and. Dominating the line of scrimmage, and it's played in War Memorial Stadium. You know, you <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> the, the, the football is about taking the injured off the field. You know, and it's just football is football is brutal. And football in the nineties was like fucking just brutal. But I mean, this, I mean, the Saints like Fred. This is when they like they're like fuck it, Fred McAfee. You're 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 going in there. He he rushed sixteen for sixteen for sixty one. Fred McAfee. Young Fred McAfee, not special teams ace Fred McAfee. Young Fred McAfee was fast and could run, but he also fumbled all the fucking time. Yep. You know? So, and that's
0: obvious from these, from these, uh, from these uh, sports pages. I, 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 I remember thinking, uh, my memory was, wow, Fred McAfee was really impressive. I remember how much we were really excited about Fred McAfee. And then I'm reading every story. I'm like, oh, he fumbled again.
1: Yeah, Oh, that's why they were injured. I remember a Mora press conference after, and he just like they had no running backs. And he's just, I remember, like, he was like, Mora, he has all the great sound bites. The practice one, if go to Google and Google Jim Mora Kansas City scrimmage, that's his best rant. Forget playoffs, Is that, forget the all one of with it. Swoboda. No, that's the one where he goes. They practice with Kansas City, and they just look fucking terrible. And a guy, like, blew out his knee. And uh, Mike Hosk asked him, do do you take into account that you missed – you were missing a bunch of starters during the scrimmage? He's like, Mike, I don't take into account shit. I take into account (laughs) we got our ass fucking kicked, and you can put that on TV. And it's just – it's magnificent. Go to YouTube. Google it. It's the best two minutes of your life. And I am shit. I am shit faced like a motherfucker. So the Saints, that game, they're like, they're just. It's just you know, it's just it's brutal. And I remember, but Jim, McAf- Jim Moore after the game, he one of the games, he was like Fred McAfee. He's just like he was exasperated. He was like he's like he's like Fred's got to stop fumbling because he didn't have anybody else to go to. They had to that play McAfee, and, and he and he's like McAfee could be really good. He's just got to stop fumbling. So they they beat San Francisco you're like they're 9 and 1 you're like fuck we're winning the division we're getting a bye we are fucking San Francisco doesn't have Joe Montana we can get a bye we go to RFK and win one game fuck it you know they're like this is the this is like the peak of 91 like you're feeling great then they go to San Diego and they lose to San Diego and San Diego like San Diego back then was just you know they were fucking terrible they were 3 and 8 you know And um, um, they had like Marion Butts was on the team. I'm trying to think. I can't even remember who. John Freeze was their quarterback. I can't even like that sounds like that sounds like a like a like a bat like a like a villain in a Batman knockoff movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: like this this stretch you're about to talk about like these are these games where like uh. The Saints play well enough to win, and then they find ways to lose these.
1: Yeah, they had four, like, tur- four, four turnovers and a shit ton of penalties. And then, no, you know they, you know, you look at that. I like, ah, five at thirteen on third down. They had the ball for ten more minutes but they just like found ways to like fuck it up. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I think you know they're winning twenty one fourteen. I I want to say the last two Charger scores like were directly related to turnovers. You know. Um,
0: yeah, so I think. So. I think
1: like it got tied, and Steve Walsh was driving them down and threw a pick, and and they're just like it's frustrating because even though they're beat up to hell, you're like, God damn it, they they need to like, they need to pull this together, you know. And then this is when it starts getting really the the you you know they're in full on decline because they play Atlanta on a Monday night, not a Monday a Sunday night,
0: Sunday night, Sunday. Night. I'm I'm at this game. I'm by the this way, this is. Too. Yeah, this was the fucking. Uh, this is where like it started. People started getting in their feelings about stuff. Yeah,
1: they oh. lose. They lose, and they 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 won the turnover battle. Um, you know, Saint Atlanta had four turnovers. This Wait, game, look, look. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say this game has the greatest trick play in Saints history. The gr-
0: <laughs> okay, it's not you this. Describe- and I'll tell you why I'm pissed off about this game, but go ahead.
1: This greatest, it's, it's, it's the greatest trick play in Saints history, and it's not even, it's not even a debate. If you, if you want to argue with me, I will I – will, hold on. I'm going to finish my beer. Mm, that's good. So, so greatest trick play in Saints history. The Saints – Steve Walsh is playing. He's the backup quarterback, right? Steve Walsh fakes an injury. They bring in Mike Buck. So, everybody's like, fuck, the Saints, they're, they're, they're going to run the, the third-string quarterback. They're just going to hand off. They run a fucking flea flicker with Mike Buck for 61 yards to Floyd Turner. It would have been the greatest trick playing maybe in NFL history if he had scored. But he didn't score. But the Saints ended up getting it. So, like, the Dome went fucking bananas. Like, it's not, it's not bananas like Gleason blocking a punt. But in like regular game, regular big game bananas, regular season, like it's in the top five for the Dome, I think, after that. it's it, it was
0: a it was a great play and a great moment that everybody remembers. But it's like by just the fact that they did that was more or less an admission that, look, Steve Walsh can't throw the ball. He <laughs> can't. Like, we like, we know we, we want to throw a deep ball. And the only way we're going to do this is we're going to, we're going to pretend like we're going to pretend like this, this dude is hurt. So we can bring the guy with the arm in. There's just the heave one. Um, and that's exactly what it looked like and that's what everybody was thinking after after it happened. And he, Walsh came right back in the game and didn't even admit it after after the
1: game they did not admit. They're like, No, this- no he, was, he, was, he yeah. was it was a it was a it was a contusion. You know. And, <laughs> and and you look at the stat you look at the stats and you're like, How the fuck did the Saints Fred McAfee, twenty eight rushes, a hundred and thirty eight yards. How in the fuck did they lose this football game? But of course, I- then- I'll tell you. I'll tell you how they lost. <laughs> I say you. you. You tell the people how they lost. I'm gonna go to my refrigerator and get another beer. So you're gonna have to talk for like 25 seconds.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Look, this is another fucking Jim Moore game. This was a typical Jim Moore game. Uh, so here the game. First of all, it goes into overtime, and the Saints get into what you think is like field goal range. They're getting into about a, there's like Morton Anderson is set up for like a 55 yard field goal, basically. And, but by the way, this is Morton Anderson who, Hall of Fame, Peak who also made a 60 yard field goal against Chicago earlier in the season and uh, is indoors in his home stadium. Moore elects not in overtime to put the game away. 55 yard or elects not to let Anderson kick this field goal and instead punts. The punt's great. The punt goes to the Atlanta two, and everybody's all like, "Okay, well, I guess that's fine," uh, except for the next goddamn play is a fifty-seven-yard pass uh, to Michael Haynes, and the Falcons are in business. And they just do a couple more plays, and it's Norm Johnson to send everybody home. Yeah. And it's this is this is where the Jim Moore thing starts to really like wear on people, where it's like, uh, "This is not aggressive enough." uh like we we got a chance yep. to like put the game away in front of the hometown team of uh, uh, crowd I hated, on I hated it, rival uh, uh and they just pass on this great opportunity yeah, and this it, is when
1: the like the, a, sec- the secondary injuries start to hit too oh god yeah, you know
0: like Ralph I, you guys were talking last week or so about how bad the 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 secondary injuries are with the Saints last year this is the same fucking thing but it's like it's, this but, yeah team, but, it, but
1: but but the, the, the 2016 team like it all happened like within like a game and a yeah. half this happened yeah. like after thanksgiving and it totally wrecked him like they had sort of had to play like benny thompson he had to play at safety this game and toy cook broke his four like and their secondary, there the 91 saint secondary was the safeties were okay but the corners were fucking terrible and they were terrible when they were healthy, much less like picking guys off the street, right?
0: Yeah, well, you know, they they did pick off a lot of passes like they were in, in this probably just because their pass rush is so dominant. Yeah, but I was I was looking at this and I was thinking like, oh, I remember how terrible those defensive backs were until I, you know, I'm like, well, they had like they led the league in interceptions. Um, like, how did they fucking do that? And it's just it's because they cr- crush quarterbacks all day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at, um, I mean, they had Pat Swillen had 17 sacks. Ricky Jackson had 11 and a half. Frank Warren had seven. Wayne Martin, he was he was getting really good, but he 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 didn't quite hit his. He wasn't near his peak yet. But I mean, that team had 50 sacks. I mean, I'd give my spleen for 50 sacks this year, Kev. I <laughs> would. I'd be like, I don't need. I don't need it. I'd take 40. I'd give my spleen for 40. God damn, 50 you know <laughs> i mean it's just um it's just and then inter, interceptions it's just 20 i mean um twenty nine, twenty nine 29 interceptions god that defense was so good so so they're like that they, they, walking out of that stadium then you were like oh boy this is this is not cuz you lost to atlanta and you're like oh shit is bobby they because then it dawned on everyone cuz we, we i think we thought that like this defense is so good. We don't need a quarterback. We just Steve Walsh cannot fuck it up and we can be fine. After you lost to Atlanta, you were like, They they need Bobby Aber to come back. And then the next week they go to San Francisco and by this time like San Francisco's like figured it out and is and is it is winning again, you know? And they're back above five hundred. And they beat the Saints thirty eight to six. What did you, did you remember about this game? I was trying to find this oh. game on YouTube, but I, I was unsuccessful.
0: Let me tell you let me tell you about this game. First of all, uh yeah, Bono, who like they shut down entirely the first time, ends up throwing for like three hundred and forty seven yards yeah. the second time yeah. around. Uh they uh they, they they lose another defensive back, they lose Vince Buck with the neck injury. Oh, and then uh, they lose another yeah. defensive back, they lose Reggie Jones. Yeah. Um and uh so the but for somehow they're still in the game. They're in the game until yeah. like the last 30 seconds of the game. And Steve Walsh is
1: something dr- dumb, right?
0: Yes. This is, so they're they're driving and they're like almost in the field goal range. And Walsh goes to clock the ball. And uh, he cocks his arm back and the ball comes flying out the back of his hand.
1: <laughs> and
0: instead of jumping on the ball, he stands there and like continues to like move his arm forward. Like, to like pretend- he was trying to clock it or something? Yes. Yeah. And nobody believes him. And the 49ers are running the other way with the ball, and they go all the way down to the one, and that's basically how the game ends. Yeah. And what's what's really interesting about this is like, and we've talked about it at the beginning, like how this there's this subtext and the drama with Abair versus Finks, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, sympathy for Abair, especially from uh, like Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson. They loved also- him.
1: They they let's be let's be real. They loved him like Pat. They loved Bobby and they hated Finks. They yes. Hate-
0: and yeah. so, like, there's this quote from Ricky Jackson. I, I'm trying to see if I can find it, but I, I'll just paraphrase it. It's like, you know, Ricky Jackson says about that play, he's like, look, I could say something, but I'm going to get in trouble. And <laughs> <laughs> I love Ricky Jackson, man.
1: He just didn't. <laughs> uh, I, Ricky Jackson, man, after games, he just didn't give a fuck. He would just, he just said it, man. You know? Yeah. And, the, the newspaper was a lot more lively at the time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like, well, like, the, 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 the Times-Picayune, and, and and this and, and look, I'm not one of these people that's like, the good old days were better. The good old days for sports ain't better. Twitter no. and Sunday Ticket, it's just not. Okay, don't even con- – but the, the Times-Picayune back then, they had Peter Finney, who was really good, uh, but Peter Finney always wrote his column as if you didn't see the game. So it was always kind of like a game recap of quote. Dave Lagarde was awesome as a Saints column. I loved him as a kid because he was wry and funny and would say things like from the womb to the tomb in 60 minutes. Like, it was just <laughs> – like, it was just like he was great. He was, like, my, my favorite. And then they had Bob Rosler. I think that's how you say his name. He would do his weekly picks column uh, – Oh, and yeah. Was, he was awesome. He had, like, he had, he would do his picks and he had, like, Tony and, like, characters that he would do. And like, it was great. And the, now, like, the columns, they just aren't, like, they don't do hot takes to stir people up and they don't try to be funny. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I feel like the time I feel like the Times Picky they their column and, and even the advocate to a certain extent, they're not that good. Nick Underhill's the best beat writer the Saints have had in my lifetime, but he doesn't yeah, write col- I, but if he doesn't he doesn't write columns, he does game stuff. You know? Yo, I agree with you. Nick Underhill, uh, he,
0: he's almost like a coach writing for you, right? Like he's like, he's telling you, like he'll, he'll, he'll go in the film room and talk about what's happening and you get a better understanding of what's going on. I love to read his columns.
1: If you can ask yeah, him to, to unblock me on me Twitter, to unblock you, I will. <laughs> I, Nick, Nick, he doesn't, he, he, was he doesn't block me, but I noticed like a couple times, like in the time he's been, he'll like unfollow me and follow me back. Cause I think, you know, the fun thing about the media and, and this is not, like, people think that I'm, like, legit media. And I've heard from people that they get mad that, that they, I write for WWL. And the Saints read fucking everything. Like, they do. They have people that their job is to read everything. And they used to have a guy that would come down when I would do Buddy D's show, and he would monitor the show. Like, he would just sit there and I'd be like, who's that? They'd be like, oh, that's, uh, that's whatever, he, he monitors me. And he tells them, he goes up and tells them what I say. So they run, then they get mad at me. But, but like, I was trying to get Nick done blocking, but I feel like there's like a 20%, 25% chance that in like 10 years, like Nick Underhill's going to be like running a team. Like that dude. But as we digress, so, uh, fun. so, uh, they're, 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 they're in a free fall now. They're nine and four. They go to Dallas and they look awful. But so that
0: Dallas is up and coming, by the yeah, way. This Dallas, is a
1: good Dallas wins, and Dallas, Dallas is nine and five, and and you know that Dallas but, team is—they had Daryl Johnson and Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman, the triplets, all of it. Uh, but it's a good another game, like you say, like the Saints, like Gilfinity scores. It's fourteen thirteen. You know, it's like right there. Like it's all these games. They're, the Saints, their defense is their front seven is so good that they're like right in it. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's another, you know, it's another weird game where Fred McAfee's putting 90 yards, 71 yards. So like they should be like they they just they're just like, "Uh, it's it it it's driving people nuts because this you feel like as a Saints fan, like you had so much baggage then because they hadn't won a playoff game, they hadn't really been to the playoffs that much except for the twice. You know, so there's all this bag- and and like they're 9 and 1, they've lost a month straight. You're like, "Fuck." They are gonna go yep. nine. They're gonna go. They're gonna go nine and seven, Jeff. They're gonna collapse. They're gonna be like the first team in NFL that should be nine and one and not be the play. I can't believe this is burning down in front of our eyes. I hate life, you know. <laughs> and, and they're playing the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and you know the Raiders, they're good again. And people remember them as the last decade is like being a joke. But man. In the 80s and 90s, the Raiders were the kings of fucking Monday Night Football. Like, you just didn't want to play them on They would They would kick people's ass on Monday Night Football. They had the miracle comeback against the Saints in 79, where the Saints are up 35 to 14 at half and lose, you know? So, like, the doom and gloom when they were facing the Raiders at 9 and 5. Like, it's hard to put it into words, but it was, like, dark, you know?
0: And then, and then... And then, is that Bobby Abear's music I hear? Yeah, it is.
1: It, oh my God, <laughs> that's Bobby Abear's music! <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and Bobby Abear comes back, and the, the Raiders have Art Shell. And Art Shell was my favorite because he would just look like he was just always confused. Like Art Shell, he looked like, Where's my soup? I, I got to take my soup at four and get to bed by five. You know? Um, so, <laughs> so you know, but the Saints come out. And I the personal story there. I had a French exam on Tuesday, and I knew that I needed, like, an 85 to pass that French exam or I'm failing French. And I was <laughs> like, there's no way that's fucking happening. So I just, like, blocked it out. I'm like, I'm going to the game. I couldn't drink because I was a teenager, but I was like, I'm just going to block it out and just pretend like it's not going to be. There. And that's a good thing. Like, I can compartmentalize in life. I went to that game, had a blast. And then I got home, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fail French. Fuck. <laughs> but but you well, know, it's you know, worth it. You know I'm drunk when I'm talking about my fifteen fifteen year old French. But that game, the Saints just like crushed, and it, and and the Saints like the the capper was like Brett Maxey intercepts um Jay Schrader and runs it back, and it's twenty seven nothing, and you're like fucking a, everything's gonna be okay,
0: it, and know? this is. This is not. It might not be Bear's like best performance ever, but this is his greatest moment. Yeah. Like I mean, like, he he throws for three hundred twenty yards. Uh, like he like he kind of steps in and uh, everything just feels like it's back to like yeah. we're back on track. Fun, and fun. the whole everybody's excited about it. And uh, I like here's here is Ricky Jackson's quote after the game because this is uh, this is this is brilliant. This is Ricky Jackson, Bobby is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is in the Joe Montana class. Uh, everybody here knows it, and that is the key to everything.
1: He's so, not wrong. He's like, not wrong about the key to everything. He's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not totally wrong, Jeff. He wasn't totally wrong. No, he wasn't wrong. But it's just
0: it's 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 almost yeah. It's funny to think about, but but that's how much that they. You know that's he was. That's how much Bobby Abner meant to the to yeah. that team.
1: You know that reminds me of the the Roman Harper quote after that Monday night game. That's that that uh, that that thir- I think it was a Thursday night game where the Saints played Atlanta and Drew Brees threw like five picks and his like forty something game in a row with a touchdown ended. Roman Harper after the game was like, Drew Brees, he's everything to us, man. We didn't do a good enough job. He can throw. A hundred picks, I don't give a fuck. We, we, we need, as a defense, we need to do a better job. And I was like, because that's what you need. You, the quarterback, he doesn't have to be the best player on your team, but he's got to be the leader of your team in a weird way. But, but my favorite thing from this game, Jeff, Raiders, 117 yards, 46 passing net yards. Just, mm-hmm. you know, two of them, like that, def- like, that defense, they would chew up good quarterbacks but bad quarterbacks, it, they would just, like, they would, like, break. It was, like, they were like Drago, like, I will break him, you know? Yeah.
0: It and, bad. like, we totaled up their sacks earlier, but there were these games where they had, like, five sacks and six sacks,
1: and it's I just, would, like. I would uh, love to know, like, I, yeah, I would love to know, like, the hits.
0: Right, because that's different, too. Like, you can hit the shit out of the quarterback in the 90s, Yeah, like people aren't gonna like throw a flag on you for coming and smacking them in the head. Like that's why they intercepted so many passes. Yeah, it's uh, they beat the crap out of people. You you were dead by the time you finished uh, playing against this defense.
1: So the Saints go to Phoenix, then Phoenix Cardinals, and the Saints (laughs) need to win, and Atlanta needs to lose. I believe that last game for them to win the division, and uh, the Saints they curb stomp Arizona uh they just like took took care of business uh you know um i'm trying to think St- stan gelbar who won a world football league title with the london monarchs god i my my teenage years were pathetic jeff i mean right. it wasn't no, I, I... It wasn't a girl in sight <laughs> but i was watching i was watching the world Fo- the mm-hmm. L- nfl europe on usa channel
0: well, we used to call the Wee Laugh.
1: Yeah, and I watched it all the time. I loved that they had the quarterback cam; it was great. Chris Chandler was playing for Phoenix then, which was interesting. Uh, I guess maybe a, a different one, but you know, they—I mean, the, the thing I remember about that was like how happy they were. Like Jim Moore was like, "You don't need to wear a suit and tie uh, on the plane ride home. Wear the champ, the, the like the NFC, West, the NFC uh, West champion shirt." Like, oh
0: wait. I have a quote for you. For I have a story about Jim Moore from the end of that game. Hang on, I'm gonna find it. Oh uh, shit! Go ahead and talk. I'll, no, I'll find it. So
1: you know that was a. I mean, it was a. I I, I think they had like like two or three thousand people meet him at the airport. Maybe more. Like Like it was a like the Saints have won a division title. Like it was like huge deal. I remember like Buddy D. He yeah. was he was like emotion like emotional. Like it was on the the W, like it, and of course, like it leads the news and it's pandemonium. Like it was, it was phenomenal. Like I bought the t shirt, I bought the hat, I bought it all, man. I still, but so I,
0: I still have the, uh, the front page from that, that week. And, you know, obviously they're plastered all over the front page, but you go through, uh, you know, section A. And there's a little blurb in here. And this is this is like peak Jim Moore to me. This is Jim Moore's <laughs> personality. Uh, so this story says – the headline is <clears> – <throat> it's Moore Says No to Champagne. And it says, "Saints Coach Jim Moore politely declined two cases of champagne from an Atlanta businessman after his uh, – you know, after the win. Uh, after the game, the delivery person uh, tried to deliver two cases of Moet Chandon Champagne worth about $700. Ooh, and man. the champagne was a gift – from uh, Jerome Stewart, who owns uh, Fat Tuesday Inc., which is uh, New Orleans original daiquiris. Um, anyway, Mora turned him down. More surprised when uh, the guy appeared at the door. He used to, he's like screaming. He's like, I, I, I didn't order any champagne. <laughs> that's a good Who's going to voice. bring this here? Who was this? Whatever. I'm not paying for it. They won't allow me to have this champagne in here. <laughs>
1: that's that's, 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 like, that's a moment of glory. Peek more Champagne? Champagne? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about champagne? Uh, this is going off the wrist. So the Saints are eleven and five, and they're playing in the playoff Saturday game. But their secondary is devastated. Like their 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 corners are done. This is how bad it was for the Saints. They signed Milton Mack on a Wednesday as my cat. Milton goes. Mack. Milton. They signed Milton Mack on a Wednesday. He started that playoff game against a team that was doing the they they called it the red gun, but it was the run and shoot four wides. Um and it was just a terrible it like it was the worst possible draw for the Saints. The Saints probably would have been better off playing Dallas. I know as crazy as that sounds like it was a terrible matchup for the Saints. But in the game the, the, the Atlanta had Andre Risen and Michael Haynes and uh I'm trying to think uh, Eric P- Pegram, was Mike Pritchett was the guy who caught up. They they had they had a nice little offense there, and Jerry Glanville with the coach, and he wore all the black, and they had all the celebrities. And they would, he, like Atlanta was very hateable for like a teenage boy that I was. But the Saints they jumped out Jeff to ten nothing lead. You're feeling good, and uh, then it kind of went off the rails.
0: Yeah, uh, they you know, and it's like you said, the, the secondary was shot. Yeah. Um, they, they had lost, I mean, their starting cornerbacks at the beginning of the year were Vince Buck and toy cook and they were both gone yeah. and uh, they were down to like Mark Lee, who they picked up off the street and, uh, you know, Milton Mack who couldn't cover anybody. Milton Mack, by the way, was one-on-one with Michael Haynes the on overtime, the play yeah. that basically decided the game.
1: In the overtime, um, Yeah. Michael Haynes caught it, did a hitch and was gone.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't it, it wasn't overtime this time, but he it was a sixty yard touchdown with yeah. like
1: I don't know a few the, minutes. The key moment in that game was the Saints were up ten nothing, and they were driving, and they were about to go up seventeen to nothing, and Abear threw an a, a interception in the end zone to Dion.
0: Oh, I remember this. Dion interfered on that fucking play. Yeah,
1: and I mean he that was that...
0: Wesley Carroll's fucking jersey from the back and sh- pulled him towards. Uh, that was yeah. a. Oh, I'm yeah. still pissed about yeah. that today.
1: That, that's that that to me is like that play and the Vince the the play where they said that Vince Buck was off sides in the Chicago playoff game. Oh, those God. are two plays that just have to drive Jim more nuts. Because look, I'm a hundred percent convinced. They call a penalty on that play. The Saints get first and goal to one. They punch it in. It's seventeen nothing. I don't give a shit what the Saints have in the secondary. When they're up seventeen to nothing against Atlanta, they would have mur- they would have mauled they would have put Chris Miller in the morgue. Like and they'd have won and they'd have won and <laughs> And, it would, you know, the thing is, if Jim Moore would have just won one playoff game, Jeff, we'd, we'd have – I have warm feelings for Jim Moore in the 90s team because I look at them and I'm like, they didn't have a running back and they wanted to run the ball and they had a lot of things working against them. It wasn't just Carl Smith being terrible. So I have a warm spot. But I think more fans would have a warm spot for Jim Moore if he'd have won one playoff game, you know? Yeah, it's just
0: that he was constitutionally incapable of doing it. Yeah, like just, he couldn't do it. Making the aggressive decisions to to win these games, he always opted for the, like, the, the, like, fine, let's go, let's, let's just wait till they beat us. Maybe they won't beat us, but let's wait and see if they beat us. And, like, nine times out of ten in the playoff game, like, they're going to find a way to beat you. You know, and that's, and
1: and that's the thing that I, bringing (laughs) it back to modern state, like, that's the thing I love about Sean Payton. Like, if the Saints are playing Minnesota, let's say, opening week, and it's, 24-24, and there's 35 seconds left, and the Saints have a timeout, and Minnesota's kicking off, I guarantee you, Sean Payton's not going to be like, Drew, kneel it twice, we're going to overtime. He's going to be like, Drew, get in the fucking shotgun, we have a timeout, we're going down, we're going to kick a field goal. And it might blow up in his face, and Minnesota might pick it off and run it back for a score, but... Yeah. But Sean Payton is ball, he's balls to the wall all the time. And I I prefer, I actually prefer that. I've
0: learned to love it as I've gotten older, Ralph. As I've gotten older, I've learned to love uh, the way Payton does the games. You know, like when I was a kid, uh, I was raised on more football. And as much as I hated the way Jim Moore would lose the games for us, uh, I still kind of like, I don't know, I believed in that kind of conservative, like, let's ram the ball at people and play defense. But now I like to have fun. So
1: I want I want the Saints to have fun. And that's why this 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 summer kills me, because I people say I'm doomed and I'm negative. But I want to believe and talk and have delusions that the Saints are going to be phenomenal. And I can't do it when three of their top six players are already fucking hurt.
0: God. And, you know, (laughs) we're like we're so like we're we're running out of time. Run yeah. out of time with window with this team, and uh, you know well, this is this either this year or next
1: if there's a next. Well, I just I know we're talking 91-92. one, ninety two. I'm just going to say, look, nothing in life ends well, not relationships, <laughs> not relationships, not uh, presidential terms, not anything. Nothing in life ends well, and the Saints with Drew Brees ain't going to be no different. God, uh. I, am, I am drunk. Um so I mean to put a bow on 91 I mean like that lo- I mean that loss to Atlanta in the play like it is brutal I would say I would say I say it might be on it it's not on par with San Francisco 2011 but fuck it's really close it's just a long time ago and people have forgotten it
0: like yeah, that. and you know the deciding play was a lot like that San Francisco game. It was a, it was a, it was a zero blitz. Yeah. It was a, it was a, you know, they they threw they threw both the safeties. And there's even like again, I'm reading these sports sections, and Ricky Jackson is criticizing that play, <laughs> after the game, where he's like, yeah, we don't usually blitz in that situation, but they did, and it burned them, and it burned them because they had no corners left, and ah. Uh, God, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to think about. It. it's frustrating to think because it was the goddamn Falcons. And this season has so many goddamn themes. It's got uh, you know, it's got the you know, the first championship, it's got that brutality that we talked about. I forgot it's got, I, go ahead. I, 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 we
1: forgot one it, you,
0: thing. Okay, but it's also got the Atlanta Falcons yeah. all through it. Ugh. Three goddamn Falcons games, and the the last one is the worst one. But yeah. anyway, say what you was going to say. Rob. I was
1: going to say we totally forgot about Cha-Ching.
0: Yeah, oh, God. Cha-Ching is in this. Th- Cha-Ching. So, cha Explain to people okay. what
1: Cha-Ching was, Jeff, for the young So there
0: was, this, there was this idiot commercial for rallies slash checkers, depending on what With region Seth Green. With Seth Green of like you know Robot Chicken and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. he's a famous actor now. But this was his first break, yeah. uh, as uh, you know, a fast food guy who's ripping you off, uh, saying "cha-ching" every time you order French fries or something. Yeah, this, yeah. this slogan became like such a catchphrase uh, with Saints fans because Saints fans will latch on to whatever.
1: It's like what, that's what I love about winning seasons. Like you never know what it's gonna be. It could be Cha Ching, it could be the Yin Yang twins. Like when you have those great winning years, like you never know like what and New Orleans is extra weird for that. Like you never know like what the fuck's it gonna be. Like the Saints could go eleven and five this year, and it could be the blue dog. Like you don't know what the fuck it could be that Saints fans decide is like the theme of the year. Right. And,
0: and this year so so there's the Raiders game. The Raiders game on Monday night, when Bobby Abner won, saved the day for everybody. They brought Seth Green into town.
1: Oh, it was the, it was then. It wasn't the playoff game. You're right. It was month. It was it, the month. Yeah, they they flew Seth Green in. Like, they brought him
0: in to perform this stupid fucking commercial at halftime, and people ate it up. Like he was in New Orleans, and this is again not a famous actor mm-hmm. at the time, but like he was a celebrity all everywhere he went oh look it's the cha-ching guy yeah and he he he
1: he was on like jimmy fallon or somewhere and they were talking about his big break and they played the cha-ching commercial to like you know make fun of him and like ha 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 that's your big break and he was like dude that was so big i i went like the new orleans like they flew me down and i like we did it at halftime because it was their team slogan or whatever the fuck. And he like and, and like the, the 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 announcer like the Jimmy Fowler didn't really get it. And I was like, oh my god, it's fucking Cha-Ching, man. We all know what Cha-Ching is.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing that uh, struck me about this is that uh, at the same time uh, the Falcons were uh, this is when Deion Sanders was like becoming a big. Uh, a big star and they had, uh, he was friends with MC hammer Yeah, and MC hammer on the sidelines uh. at every game. And so, th- so like there's this competing, like idiotic pop culture shit between the saints with their cha and the Falcons with the two legit <sighs> oh, to quit. God. And it's just like, it, for whatever reason, it's the yin and yang, you know, like the, the like we're both stupid um, but like in an amusing way, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like Atlanta wasn't even like, and, and the thing is like that Glanville year was like, uh like a, like a comet across the sky, like Glanville, yeah. they were, they, Glanville was never any, they weren't even close to that ever again. And they won, they, they got to 11, like they beat, I want to say they, they won like two games on like Hail Marys, which is a theme for Atlanta. Like they beat the Saints with Hail Mary's and shit, but that like that team like like that just thinking of that that game depresses me still. But it wasn't as depressing as ninety two. Maybe maybe the Philadelphia I mean, we're not gonna go game by game for ninety two, but the ninety two Saints, their defense was just as good, you know? Um and they they allowed two hundred and two points, which I think was a record at the time. They were number one in points a lot they allowed twelve and a half points a game, Jeff twelve and a half points a fucking game, yeah. yeah, I mean
0: and uh you know i'm I'm looking at uh I'm looking at these numbers right now, and it was funny about both of these years is that as much as we like bag on the offense, like the offense is middle of the pack both of these years, yeah like they're like fifteen and and fourteen or whatever yeah like uh, you would think statistically that yeah. that's enough to get it done, but you it would, isn't because of the stupid things that they do when in, in crunch time but
1: yeah the the um the uh th- that year they 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 really the saints were 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 so good i mean that team they were twelve and four um and of course San francisco. Gets their act together and and go like fourteen and two, I think. Right, um, you know. So like any other year, like you're getting twelve and four. You win, or you're win. You're in any other division, they're at twelve and four. They're winning. They're getting a home game. I mean, you know, that game their losses. They lost the first game to Philadelphia, fifteen to thirteen. They. Lost to San Francisco sixteen to ten. They lost to San Francisco twenty one to twenty in a brutal game at home. And they lost to Buffalo, who was a Super Bowl team, twenty to sixteen. You know, right? Um, but everyone else, they kind of. I mean, they curb. I mean, you look at the games. Yeah, they had their normal ten to six, thirteen to seven over Detroit. But they had a lot of games, man, where they like they scored thirty you know they won they beat the they, they had this weird stretch where they played um, Washington on a Monday Miami on a Sunday Atlanta on a Thursday and won them all
0: you know you don't see that anymore no. and um what's you know th- the difference is that this team didn't have all the injury problems that the mm-hmm. the 91 team had and I mean they were a better team but they were the same team mostly but they were they just had it all together a little bit more. Yeah
1: and they, the thing was they they drafted Von Dunbar and Von Dunbar was a miss. He was terrible. He yeah, buddy, buddy D used to say he ran to darkness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know? He did. He ran up people's butts like he would he was like he would find where the where the pile is and jam his face into it. That's yeah. what I remember. He was, bar. he
1: was just, he had no elusive and and like they picked them and just, it was, you know, so they, they're, they're 12 and four and they're playing a Philadelphia team who's 11 and five and it's just like two really good teams, you know, and that was like Randall Cunningham at his peak and, um, you know, this game, the thing I remember about this game is like Randall Cunningham just pulled plays out of his ass you know, he hit Fred yeah. Barnett for 57. He hit Fred Barnett for 35. And, um, you know, it just, it was, weird, well, you know, go ahead.
0: What, what I remember about that game is that it it was, it was two halves. Um, it felt really great in the first half. I think the Saints went up like 20 to three,
1: 20 to, and
0: seven. 20 to seven, something like we, that. We used and to, then the ahead, second man. half was all about watching that. Just holding on by your fingernails and watching it
1: collapse. I remember we used to go, my dad was in the Civil, my dad, God rest his soul, was in the Civil Air Patrol. And he was really big in the Civil Air Patrol. And he had a friend, uh, Jerry, who was, he was Jewish. And everybody affectionately called him Jerry the Jew. And he gambled a lot. And he was, he had season tickets with us. And he would go to all the games. And I remember at halftime at 20 to 7, him and people were like, we're going to Dallas. We are going to Dallas. We're going on a road trip. We're going to Dallas. We're going to whip Troy Eggman's ass. And he's, and, and, and like, people are like planning trips and it is like a party. And my mom is like, you don't plan the trip with the Saints at halftime. This is bad. <laughs> you know? And, uh, she's like, Jerry, you need to calm down. And, uh, Jerry's like, no, we're going to win. We're going to Dallas. And, uh, <laughs> Because he's like, he's, he's like Jewish, but he's from Baton Rouge, so he has this like southern accent. Like, I, I love Jerry the Jew. Side note, I locked myself out of, the, of an apartment in Baton Rouge when it was like five degrees in Baton Rouge. I had to walk to the Time Saver, call Jerry on a payphone, and he had to bring uh, an axe and chop open my door in my apartment what? to let me back in. Yeah. At LSU. like <laughs> like we like, like, it was so cold when we got back from the basketball game. Uh, that LSU, they lost to Kentucky and they gave up, like, Kentucky had, like, 90 at halftime. But, like, the, it was so frozen, like, the lock, when, when my, my roommate, when he turned the key, it broke. So it just, like, spun in a circle. So we were fucked. Okay. Him. So we had to, like, go to Time Saver and call Jerry and, like, Jerry come in. So he, like, brought an axe and literally, like, chopped the door open. Like, I love Jerry. Also, I
0: mean, Time Saver existed back then.
1: Yeah, I think it was Time Saver. I think it was Time... It might have been... It's time It's a, the... the, the the gas station in Tigerland, uh, but but that's Tiger <laughs> Tiger Plaza. They have the the they have the car wash and they have the convenience store. Whatever the convenience store was, that's where I had to go and call Jerry on the payphone. Yeah. So right. um, so yeah, this game they're up twenty to seven, and then it just comes apart. You know, it's like twenty to ten, and then it's like third down, and like they hit Fred Barnett on a on a long pass to make it twenty to seventeen, and um, and I remember. It was twenty four to twenty, and I, I, I like. There's weird things about the Saints that I can remember like vividly in games, you know. Um, Uh And like one of them was this game. They're down like twenty four twenty, and and Philadelphia's driving. And my mom, she always she loves Saints players that like create turnovers, like Sammy Knight. She had a Sammy Knight jersey because Sammy Knight could create turnovers, and she had this belief. I
0: have a Sammy Knight jersey, Ralph.
1: Yeah, she has this belief. She had this belief that Ricky Jackson, whenever the Saints needed, could conjure up a turnover, right? Okay. And he blitzed and he sacked Randall Cunningham and, and Randall Cunningham fumbled and the Saints got the ball like the Philadelphia forty and we're like, yes, they're gonna go in and score and they're gonna win this and it's three and out and they punt and you're like, fuck, you know, and uh, we got so mad like, like Aaron and then Eric Allen like just to like rub salt in the wound like gets a pick and like it's 36-20 and it just like it completely collapses and like I don't know how you felt but like w- walking out of the stadium like you knew that it was a- you knew the Jim Mora era, it was it was a- it was over
0: it, it did feel like that and that was like um you know if it also felt like in the second half of that game that bear kind of fell apart you yeah, know he did. And, and, um, and I was always, I was never an a bear. Like a lot of people were on a bears case all the time. You know, he wasn't drew Brees He was more like, uh, he was a Joe Flacco. Like if, if we had Twitter today, people would be all like, you know, is a bear an elite quarterback every, <laughs> all day. But, uh, you know, he was okay. And I always rooted for him, but like, was I was you know,
1: he was streaky. Yeah. When he would go
0: bad, he
1: would go bad.
0: And he would get you beat. Yeah. and this is the game that he got you beat and this is a you know when they needed him to like you know turn it on he like he threw a he threw the pick six to Allen and i think he like he just he kind of blew it at the end it wasn't all on him obviously but that's you are right this is where like it ended it ended yeah. for this team and it's kind of a like this is this team that you know i know you and i kind of remember very fondly because uh not only were they like you know, I think the first Saints team that I really fell in love with, just because of my age at the time, but also like, you know, think about this: this is a, they had their, their best running back was from LSU,
1: yeah. Uh, their best, best receiver was from LSU,
0: and their quarterback was a Cajun.
1: Like yeah. how like how yeah. likely is
0: that ever to happen? It's you know? the
1: saintiest team. It's the most saintiest team ever. You know, right?
0: And you don't like appreciate that. Gil Finerty was from
1: Jesuit for Jordan, right. no. you know yeah
0: so so like that's a that's a bunch of guys that you kind of want you you really root for and it was like I don't know you, you, at a time like this was the like I, this, it feels innocent to us because we were young but like it is kind of like a more insular New Orleans at the time yeah it's and not, uh and this was the perfect team for,
1: yeah and the, the thing was with the, if you look at Bobby Ebert Bobby Ebert never threw more than 20 touchdowns as a Saint he only, yeah. he only threw. He only threw more than fifteen twice. You know um, that he's on the 50th anniversary team, and Aaron Brooks is not is a crime. But <laughs> but I won't get into that's that. Another, that's another podcast, maybe. So right. I mean, but this team, I I feel like this it it was that that those linebackers. I mean, you can look. They have a. Um, they have a they have a thing you can you can go on YouTube, and it's from nineteen eight. It's not from ninety ninety one or ninety two, but it's from nineteen eighty seven, and it's uh, Google Saints Pitts Saints Steelers nineteen eighty seven, and it's like four minutes, and it's this goal line stand where Pittsburgh is down by like five, and they need to the score, and they have like first and goal at the one and a half, and. They run four plays, and they don't get in. And it's like everything you love about the Dome Patrol in four plays. It's like first down they run, Vaughn Johnson obliterates the running back. Second down they run, Ricky Jackson makes a tremendous play in pass coverage. Third down they run, uh, it's Sam Mills again. Fourth down, Sam Mills is in there, and it's just like he nails it, and they win. They take a safety, and they win. And they clinched. That was the game. They clinched their first winning season. So that's why it's sort of historic, and why I bring it up. But go to YouTube and Google. It's awesome. Uh, and it's just that, that those linebackers—they were so awesome. And I feel like we've been at this for ninety minutes. But I so it wouldn't be uh, a Saints Happy Hour podcast without technical difficulties. So we just had a meltdown. But it's all there, Jeff. I swear to God, I've kept you. I told you it would be forty-five minutes. We're at an hour and 30. People, thank heaven's posterity is, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if people, if you don't love this podcast, then I don't know what to tell you. You, you, you wasted your $10 donation on drunk history. So, <laughs> um, so as I look at 91, I like, I irrationally, like, I think in nostalgia, it just, I am a very nostalgic person. So it just like washes over me. I admit that, like, I, I, I love history. I I love the, these old Saints teams, and and I for, forgive their flaws, um, but I mean, the I feel like when I look back at it, and we said this earlier. I feel like ni- ninety two really wasn't the year for them because Dallas became a juggernaut, and San Francisco had Steve Young. And like, yeah, ninety one was the team. Like ninety one was the team that could have done, should have gone, and done deeper things like if you
0: you, you might be right with by, about that and and uh i mean i won't i won't argue with you about it i, I kind of i've always had it in my mind that 1990 was but that's be, just because they had a sitting out the whole season yeah. but you know come to think of it uh frank warren was suspended that whole year uh they had other problems and uh you know 91 if they had not Experienced all the injuries that they had and they kept it together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can see how dominant they were in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that might have been their year.
1: Yeah, you know, and the thing is, um, you know, we didn't realize at the time the best offense Jim Moore ever had was 87. <laughs> you know? What's that? You know, they were second. I said, in- isn't
0: that some shit to think?
1: They were second in points in 87. You know, they averaged, 28 a ga- they averaged 28 a game, which is like Drew Brees type territory. You know, they had um, Ruben Mays had 900 yards. Dalton Hilliard had 500 yards. I mean, that team, that team was good and could score, um, you know. Uh, and one thing that, 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 the, 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 that really fucked them was they lost Mel Gray in plan B. And that, that they let that happen. Is is one of the underrated sins because Jim Mora he wanted to play defense, he wanted to run the ball, and he wanted to have awesome, awesome special teams. He had awesome, had an awesome kicker with Morton Anderson, but he, but when they lost Mel Gray, he was like unbelievable return guy.
0: Yeah, and I mean he made a lot of things like he made up for a lot of things, and also those that eighty seventeen. and scored on special teams in weird ways, too. If I Dude, remember correctly, they, they blocked they, kicks and shit. They blocked,
1: yeah. They blocked nine kicks in 15 <laughs> games. They were blocking a kick every other week. They were the Doppler ganger. They were the bizarro 2016 Saints, where the 2016 Saints were having a kick block. Right. Yeah. Eventually it comes back, I guess. So, Jeff. Uh, like the 91 like it's 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 so we I I love I love the 91 92 Saints and I like I don't even I don't even hate them because they didn't win a playoff game. I feel like,
0: like Hey, I'll tell you what I think. It's it's
1: it, it makes
0: everything that we've gone through in the last decade all the more sweeter. Yeah. Like it's like uh you know, I mean, I, I guess Like at the time, I remember like the older people like telling me, oh, yeah, you don't even know what it was like watching the Saints in the 60s and the 70s when, they, you know, there was just everything was hopeless. And John Mecham was an asshole. And, you know, everything was like just doom and destruction all the time. And like, I, you know, we thought we were spoiled. And yet, you know, we were constantly frustrated by these playoff losses and the fact that we never got over the hump. And then to come to, you know, jump to post Katrina times in the in the, you know, the the Peyton era where we, they actually made it to the promised land and actually did the thing that nobody thought they yeah, would they ever do. do. Like you you experienced that on like a higher level. Yeah. Having died the deaths of watching the Moore era Saints. I, I remember.
1: You know? One of my, you know, I love the 2010 Saints. And I know people remember Beast and all that horribleness at the end. But I love 2010 because I felt like when when they won the Super Bowl in 2009, like all the baggage of the Saints are going to blow it. It's never going to go your way. It was all gone. In 2010, 2010's team was really like an 8-8 eight and eight team that went 11-5 and five on sheer, like, we're the fucking champions. We got Drew Brees we're winning this game. They won, like, a ton of close games. And I remember... Remember they played on, uh, Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, do you remember when they, when they, uh, when they played on Thanksgiving, you know? Uh, yes. They played on Thanksgiving, right? And they played Dallas. And they were in the process of blowing it, right? And they, um... Uh, all my relatives are like, it's the same old Saints. They're going to fucking blow it. I'm like, what do you mean the same old Saints? You mean the world fucking champion Saints? They're going to win this fucking <laughs> game. And they come back and they win it. And I'm like, there you go. You know, and it was all, because, yeah. You know, and it was all because of the 91 team, you know? And and my, like, I can tell you this, my attitude is completely yeah. different nowadays
0: than it was back then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I with Breeze, I believe, but like, I don't know. The final the, the final thing on the on the on the on the 2000 on the 2000 Saints I guess is what are like I mean on the, the, the 2000 the, the 91, 91, 92, 91 92, 92 Saints, is like I shot. love them and their defense was historic and just cuz they didn't win any playoff games doesn't make them less awesome and I love them Put Jim Moore's name up on the Superdome and take Jim Finks down. That's my final thought. Your final thought, and then we'll get out of here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you 100 percent on that. And then, you know, there's a there's a uh, Jim Moore is kind of like there's yeah. a whole media thing with him. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, you know he he did like the best he could with that group, and Jim Finks kind of like was the problem for the i'm drunk as shit ralph i'm drunk as shit too i hope this is recording the
1: levels look whack but anyway (laughs) so anyway jeff aka skooks i appreciate this so much uh this was awesome you gave me like twice the time that i told you it would take uh i'm gonna edit this now because i love it and thanks to everybody for donating uh I love this so much, I don't know, like, I may, like, post it right now. Anyway, you know, I mean, he's fucking Scooks. Go to Library Chronicles. It's awesome. Uh, Anyway, uh, until next time, Drunk Saced History is the best.
0: Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints history possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol.